What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who is slowly watching the Marcus Mariano era wither away. Oh, man. A.K.A. the Run DMC, A.K.A. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and by the man who is very nervous for the Eno Benjamin show this weekend. Oh, I bought my please. tickets. <laughs> I'm talking about at DFF Moose. A.K. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Oh, we're doing good. Um, What's tonight? We're going to get some Thursday night football. We got the Bears versus the Ooh. Commanders. A real <laughs> barn burner that we're going to have on this one. Um, But I get to see my boy, Brian Robinson. And I, I, I think everyone collectively, I think he's everyone's boy right now because everyone's rooting for that comeback. Uh, I can't wait to see um what he does uh, with this full opportunity that he's going to get tonight so that's the main reason i'm going to be watching because otherwise <laughs> big yikes theme seems like that's going to be a, a game that's going to be maybe a little hard to watch um but it's football the same and you know what uh six months from now uh when we're begging for football i would i would take this matchup all day uh to be able to watch that again so it's it's going to be a good night yeah, it's going to be a battle of who can throw more interceptions in four quarters. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, man. I, well, like in order to throw interception, you need to throw the ball. That's a good point. Yeah. Decides to just not do. We'll see so. if, if they take the uh, the training wheels off fields after. I don't. Nothing is necessarily pointed towards uh, me being confident that's going to happen. But let's hope that tonight is some sort of showing out party or or coming out party for Justin Fields at home. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Mike needs this I real need bad. I need it back. <laughs> I, need, I, 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 I want to see it too. I bought low on a share. and Because yeah. again, we, we like the prospect. We like the talent. We just couldn't see them actually do something with them now, right? What but, did you pay for him, Dan? You didn't tell what, us this. Um, I got him straight up for Christian Kirk, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, interesting. So I remember that. I, I had a good couple um, wide receivers, and at that point, all of my other quarterbacks could very well just drop dead uh, next season. I think I have Brady, oh, yeah. Winston, um, and, and a good couple other ones that are just like total fill-ins right now. I think Teddy Bridgewater, right? So all, all these ones that uh, built up this like house of cards with these QBs that are going to do me fine for this season, but I need someone that maybe will be in that, around next season. So whether Justin Fields is or is not that guy, we're going to find out, but felt like it was pretty fair value. I like First of all, go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say, I like it. That's that's a great trade, especially with the guys you got some, you literally could have zero QBs heading into next year. So Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be in big trouble. No, I was just going to interrupt you and say, first of all, I'm very disappointed in both of you wearing a Vince Young jersey today, and neither of you commented oh, on it. Oh, apologies. Second apologies thing, all around. Second thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure. sure you can't even see. <laughs> so I think the most fired up I've seen the three of us in a group message in the last six months was maybe right before the season started when Dan and I started aggressively defending the talent of one Eno e, Benjamin Eno, e, and Mike pretended like the man didn't even play in the NFL. So I am very excited this weekend. We get the Eno Benjamin workhorse season. I don't even care if it goes well. I'm just excited to see it happen. I just want to see point, it. Dan. You guys yeah, should have watched last week because he did not look great last week. But oh, we. Is that the reason why you're trying to buy him off of me? Because I am like? desperate. Is I that... have. I am a man with <laughs> Najee Harris, James Conner, Darrell Henderson. I am not doing well right now, okay? Uh, well, we, we could have told you that at the beginning of the season, Mike. That's what we tried to tell you at the Oof. beginning of the season. <laughs> Who's 9-1? and one? Elijah Mitchell <laughs> and James Conners and all these broken boys. I don't know. Well, we're going to see that. We're 
We're gonna find out. You know Real Benjamin. Quick. Definitely. Keep your eyes on him. This is the part of the season where teams are <laughs> This made. is we'll, the season. We'll exactly. <laughs> you can purchase all of Mike's uh, film grinding at uh, mikeseyetest.com for a cool $99 a year. But uh, let's let's get into the heart of the show here, boys, because this is a very interesting time of the Dynasty season. So much that we definitely wanted to just check the poll. So we got a poll out on Twitter. Mike is the poll master. So before we talk about any players... Mike, why don't you just walk us through what is in the heads of dynasty leaguers at this point in time in the season? Yeah, man. I mean, like we're getting to the point where this is the time of the year where you start to get the bye weeks. You start to see what's going on. So we're we're curious. um, What's what are people looking at trade wise at this point? Uh, And, you know, for us, I think we were agreeing that this is when talks are starting to pick up. But we're curious for other people at one point. In the season, do you generally start to take a hard look at your team and you know begin to make either win now trades or plan for the future trades? Start to package away guys um, and start kicking the can down the road. So um, going in, we had four different options. We had uh, people will start looking at this, taking a hard look after week three, after week five, after week seven, or week after week nine. So seems like the least amount of votes went to week three. 3.3%. People are definitely, that's understandable. People still feeling out the uh, the league, seeing who's who's hot, who's not. Uh, the second least votes went to week nine, because at that point, you're kind of looking a little bit late. Um, after week seven, had 36.7% of the vote. So um, definitely understandable there. After week five, though, right where we are right now, that had 50% of the vote. So seems as though the crowds, the wisdom of the crowds is kind of falling in line with, uh, with a lot of what's happening in a lot of our leagues right now. I'm seeing some trades go down. This is where people start to either push the chips in or kind of back away. My favorite part about this poll, I'm actually, I had to stop and try to stop laughing while Mike was reading it. He put after week five and then in quotes right now, exclamation mark for all you people asleep at the wheel that have no idea what's going on in your dynasty league right now. This is happening right now. That was my favorite part. Uh, Call to action. I, I voted, I voted for after week five, Mike, Dan, I don't know about you. Yeah, you know what? I think I was right there. I think I was in between uh, seven and five, but I kind of look at it. It's like at seven, you're halfway through the fantasy football season, if mm-hmm. not more in some cases, depending on when your your playoffs are. So if you're if you're then having to decide where you're at, like I think you're too late. It doesn't mean it's too late to trade off pieces, but understanding where you are as a team, I think you by week five have a pretty good indication of what your team is capable of. And this is also kind of why we brought back, it was like we did some learnings and advice going into the season, right? And we were saying, don't make win-now moves ahead of the season because, man, think of all the win-now contending pieces that people bought that are doing nothing right now. Nothing. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Seasons vary from season to season. And so there's so many different reasons that people might be totally loaded up with all these assets that they, they thought they were going to win the the w for the championship easy are now scrambling right so this is the point now when you have a true tried uh kind of season to be able to make some inferences off of how your players are actually performing how their teams are using them and what you're going to be able to do with them so i think now is kind of a perfect time to start making some of those choices Mike, I feel like your answer to this was not included in the poll, which is like the day after week one uh, <laughs> starts. Uh, where, which would, where did you vote here? I, I'm right around week five. I think um, that that's the point where, again, you don't want to do anything stupid 
and you don't you know you don't want to buy into um you know be trading away all all your pieces but i feel like you know usually my strategy is to go win now i'm in the first league that i've been in where i'm realizing that i'm definitely not going to be one of those contending teams so i am starting to send out feelers um for for especially for guys that i feel like have excelled especially like week five i feel like is a great point in the season where there are some guys out there aka like a geno smith or something where he has looked amazing so far and he very well could do well the rest of the year but right now is kind of the time where you want to sell hot uh sell while like the iron is hot i think that if you wait a little bit too long you can lose out on some of those um you know trying to capitalize on on value kind of trades um so yeah that's i went week five for sure you will not out tank me in that league, Mike. As soon as the draft started, I was like, this is the most win now. Some of those teams are the most win now yeah. pieces I've ever seen. So you For sure. I, I will be getting Bijan next year. You can have any I'll, of the I'll consolation prizes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into it because I liked the format we had last show, just kind of talking about a couple guys, whether they're moving up, moving down, and Whenever we have these conversations, you know, the segment's basically unofficially sponsored by Keep Trade Cut, right? I mean, this is the tool of the Pretty people. <laughs> this is what Mike does at 2 a.m. Yeah. on the weekend when he should be having his social life. <laughs> I mean, this is the place. So I wanted to kick it off at the position that I usually am not qualified to weigh in on, but you know Dan is. Dallas Goddard, super flex overall, number 87, up 26 spots in the last 30 days, playing in a what looks like an unstoppable Eagles offense right yes, now. Sir. Talk, talk to me a little bit about what you've seen from Dallas Goddard in, uh, in the 2022 season. Fly Eagles fly. They're, they're a fun offense to watch, man. And it's, it's been funny. Dallas Goddard has always been like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Everyone's waiting. They love the talent, but it was always, he was behind Ertz. And then once Ertz leaves and everything, then the offense is kind of lackluster. And so it kind of needs a little kickstart. So he's always kind of been bobbing and weaving in this like tight end one territory, but never something where he's been uh, viewed as like in that elite kind of category. But now with uh, Jalen Hurts, who we all really love, and just the overall pass happy offense that they have, we're starting to see him get unlocked. Um, I think uh, uh, across every player in the NFL right now, I think he's top 20. I think he's number 20, but still top 20 uh, in total receiving yards. So, like, he's being utilized extremely well. And compared to where he was prior, the prior season's tight end 11, tight end 21, tight end 10, tight end 21. Like, he's just been either right in that category or falling outside of it for offense or competition reasons. But now he's tight end 5 right now. And so it's got people talking, like, if they're going to have this pass-happy offense, it's really fun to be able to watch. And it's not just out of kind of like the, the scheme in itself. Like, he is so good at yards after the catch. That's what, something he's always been good at, and that's why he's popped on occasion. And that's kind of why you see also this, like, roller coaster of where he's finished. Because when he gets some opportunities, he can do some really magic things with it. Um, but when he doesn't, then, of course, he's going to be capped, right? So, right now, I mean, he's first in yards after the catch uh, among all wide receivers and tight ends. And then first uh, in yak per reception. Like those efficiency metrics are awesome because that means that even sometimes if he's not getting utilized like crazy, he's going to make the most of those opportunities. So it's, it's funny. I mean, you see, there's always one guy who comes out of the woodwork, starts to be utilized the way that you wanted to see him get utilized. 
it kind of reminds me of a Mark Andrews of uh, like 2019, if I'm not mistaken, where I think he had his breakout, if not 2020. Just you start to see him used the right way in a right scheme. Uh, he definitely has more competition than like a Mark Andrews uh, has on his team. So certainly I believe that's still capped. But I think we're probably going to start to see uh, a Dallas Goddard start to get slotted in to this top tier tight end category as some of the old guard falls off. Like Darren Waller is a ghost right now. And I know last time it was injury uh, that he had there, but um, there's going to be a changing of the guard. Travis Kelsey apparently has drank someone's blood to just stay alive for the next uh, 10 years uh, as a Tony as Gonzalez a tight end. Blood. Exactly. Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez's blood uh, to keep things going. But you're otherwise you're going to start to see some, some change. George Kittle, another guy that was uh, in that top tier, that's going to be sliding out. So it's just fun. It's exciting. I'm, I'm happy to see. And unfortunately I really don't have any shares, um, but it is fun to be able to see a guy that was always putting the work in and just be, it had some explosive moments get utilized enough that he actually is valuable from a fantasy perspective now i am certainly old enough to remember dallas goddard in rookie drafts all those years ago and this is kind of just the lesson and the way the tight end production curve works like he's 27 now he's established and even your um even your Mark Andrews piece had some similarities there, right? Like he was not the first tight end that the Ravens even drafted in yeah. that draft. It was Hayden Hurst in the first exactly. round. Um, Mike, Dan already mentioned some of these names sandwiched. I mean, they have keep trade cut right now as Dallas Goddard at tight end five, TJ mm -hmm. Hawkinson at four and George Kittle at tight end six. Are you taking George Kittle over Dallas Goddard, or are you ready to ready to crown Dallas Goddard in this top five? I'm definitely ready to crown da Dallas Goddard in the top five. I would definitely, I shouldn't say definitely, but I would probably put him ahead of Haw Hawkinson too. Um, I think that we're still underrating just how good the Eagles look. Like Jalen Hurts, like throw out all the, it, and, and I fell victim to this this offseason with the draft capital thing. If a guy looks good and he looks like, a team captain, especially for a 5-0 and team, he is too legit. And his passing, his accuracy has improved. He just looks way better. So when you're talking about Goddard, where for the last three years people have been frustrated by him and it's made him kind of be soured upon by the, by the fantasy industry, fantasy players in general, you take away Zach Ertz, who's proving to us that he's still got it. Like, he's still putting up top eight tight end numbers with the Cardinals right now. So he was being held back by an uh, an inefficient offense and a stud in front of him for so many years. I think that people need to really reevaluate Goddard and see that he's he's a he's a top three guy right now for me. Top three? Oh. So who are you moving out of the top three? Sorry. Oh, top four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in a dynasty I mean, sense, you could totally to make a, a case. Listen, yeah. I, I don't think any sane person could really rank, like, him over Travis Kelsey right now. But yeah. if you're mm. building a team that's yes. not looking to compete within the next year or two, yeah. that's Absolutely. totally a move you could make. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, yep. it would not be outrageous. And the, the beauty of it is you could probably get a plus added to that with a Travis mm -hmm. Kelsey to just downgrade, in, in quotes, uh, to a Dallas Goddard plus some extra pieces yeah. there. Because the beauty of it, Dallas Goddard is doing this right now. He scored one touchdown. I know we're only through yeah, five weeks, exactly. but he's 24th it, it, across tight ends in tight ends uh, in touchdowns. Excuse me. So like that is 
great to see because you're seeing all this utilization, but it's not off of these fluky touchdowns where all of a sudden you get some tight ends that are going to score like two touchdowns in a game uh, this early in the season. They're going to rock it up the boards like he could start to score a lot more touchdowns. I think actually his only touchdown might be a rushing touchdown, by the way. I'm trying to think of uh, what that is, but it'll be just fun to see once they continue to score even more um, what his, his ceiling truly is. All right, well, let's move from the risers to the fallers because, man, this one got me. It, it has not been that long since we were taking this guy very, very high in rookie drafts. Najee Harris, in what is starting to look like a lost season for him, number 51 overall in Superflex rankings, has lost 33 spots. 33 <laughs> spots in the last 30 days, Mike. Talk to me about your Najee Harris owner woes right now. Dude, yeah. I mean, hey, it's nice knowing, obviously, in fantasy, you're not the only one when you're holding the bag on on certain guys. Uh, it has not looked pretty so far. I think, you know, heading into this season, there was, there was some people pointing out the fact that Najee, while he finished as a top three guy last year, was very much buoyed by tons and tons of targets being put, put his way. Um, and definitely, even though Big Ben's offense wasn't amazing last year, it definitely seems like it was a bit more functional than what we have with this year's uh, version of the Steelers. But um, just looking at what he's done so far through week five, he's averaging 44 rushing yards a game in just over Ooh. two catches a game, where last year, <laughs> last year, I just oh, see man. Dan's face and it's perfect. Uh, it's just last gross. year. You know, he was he was getting six-plus targets a game. He get, has those two catches a game, but three targets a game is what he's looking at right now. You have, you know, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback the first few games there, not looking great. You turn over to Kenny Pickett, who has looked all right. It's been a tough matchup, his first game being started as an away game against the Bills. So um, the matchups, he's had a cut. Going back to Najee himself, the matchups have been somewhat difficult here and there when you you know he's already faced off against the Bengals and the Bills, two games where heading into it people just already kind of knew that things might not go that great, um, but you know this offense as a whole, they're constantly playing from behind. That's probably going to be the case for most of the rest of the year. And if Pickett does not start to check down to Najee as we saw last year with Big Ben you're going to see a lot of games where Najee Harris, particularly because of his Liz Frank sprain injury, I think you're going to see a lot of Warren coming into those games at the end, just like this Bills mm-hmm. game last week. Najee didn't even play over 50% of the snaps. They, he pretty much didn't see the field for the last like back third of the game or so, or at least the final quarter. He didn't touch the field. You got... <laughs> It's it it very well might get worse before it gets better with Tampa Bay coming up this week. So you could easily see people souring on Najee even more. Um, I I think it's very frustrating, obviously, for people that were going into this year expecting to get top twelve production from Najee Harris in redraft leagues. You're seeing him go in the first round consistently. Usually doesn't get past like halfway through the second round. So you got a bunch of redraft uh, people that are upset. You got dynasty uh, players that are upset. Having known that he might have, you know, not been the most efficient runner in the past, he's also on the older side. He will be turning, um, I believe he's going to be turning 25 th- it, like during this offseason. So that is not great to see either. I think that there 
there's going to be a really nice buying opportunity after this week, I think. Because you're going to have some people that are just beat down, defeated, want nothing to do with Najee Harris anymore. And you can swoop in and see what you can get there. But, you know, just being completely honest, as, as an owner of him in a couple of leagues, it's not looking great. And I don't see it getting better this year. Max, I think you, you kind of alluded to it. It could be a, a lost-ish season where you're looking at low-end RB2 numbers from Najee, if that, like for most of the rest of the year, aside from the good matchups. Yeah, I mean, th- this year is going to be really tough. I do think he's playing through an injury, and we, we, we obviously heard that, right? I mean, we, he was he was a player that, like you said, first rounder, people didn't start shying away in, like, the redraft side of things until all of a sudden, like, right at the end of the preseason, it's like, oh, yeah, and he's working his way back from this Liz Frank injury, <laughs> yeah. which is an injury that more severely, you know, a more severe case of that, you know, sideline Travis Etienne for his entire rookie year, right? Yep. We've, we've talked about that. I just have a hard time fading the talent of guys that are this big, have been this prolific as rushers mm-hmm. and, and are good, good receivers. Like Najee Harris is just not a guy that catches dump offs. Go watch some of the Alabama team. Totally. Like he could, he could catch the football. Totally. So some interesting names that are already ahead of him on keep trade cup. <laughs> One of this is absolutely just ridiculous already. Um, <laughs> Kenneth Walker and Damian Pierce already oh, ahead man. of Najee Brand. Harris on the dynasty rankings. <laughs> That's wild. Dan, are you buying? Are you buying these? <laughs> what? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it, 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 n- no. No, I'm not. I mean, it, there's... I I think Kenneth Walker is going to be very interesting. Damien Pierce, it's... I, you, you'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. But anytime we've just talked about how important it can be where draft capital is king... And if you have a chance to convert a, a Damian Pierce to a Najee Harris, I yeah, I do that 10 times out of 10 because you know the talent's there. This situation is so weird. So as you said, it's a combination of injury. I think it can be coaching being like, we are not in it this year and we're not going to put our running back in a situation where next year where we feel like we might be hitting our stride, that he's coming back from an injury like we see so many of these other running backs are having right now. They don't want to Javante Williams him right now and they're going to balance him out with another running back to make sure they're not putting uh, wearing too much tread on the tires there. So I really do think you're probably going to be looking at a bit of this lost season right now but to be able to, we, we've seen what he can do. He's put up a top three season. So why wouldn't you buy, you want any of those other guys to turn into that? And I know he did it on the back of volume, but they have this running back knowing that at some point they're going to start giving him that volume again and he can reach that ceiling. So this, these are the times where it's scary, right? Buy low. It's always funny. Like It's always retro. Like Buy high on this guy that's proven or buy low on this guy who's already proven to be amazing. It's like, no, you're not going to be able to. You have to, just like the stock market, buy in scary situations. Mm-hmm. But if you trust the talent, you already have the guarantee that he's done it before. And he should be able to do it again. But you have to be willing to, to take that risk. Because, Mike, as you said, he's going to be turning 25. He's 24. He's going to be turning 25. It's getting into that kind of gray area for a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm not taking those two ahead of him who ha- are either a very late round running back for draft capital uh, or a guy who has played really one game uh, so far in the NFL. Yeah, I, I don't see him on the Trent Richardson career path of <laughs> one blow up season and then you never hear from him again. I just yeah. I think he's too talented for that. And as somebody who was getting a lot of Saquon Barkley in the third round of startups this year, I mean, 
all it takes is is a lost season or two. You know, and I'm not saying those two are equal talents, right? But all it takes is a lost season or two, and you're and you're getting some values via trade or startup. So I'm still bullish on a healthy Najee Harris, yes. and uh, hopefully Kenny Pickett can help that offense take a step forward. But yeah. let's get to my favorite topic on tonight's show: Ooh. the chef. Oh. The whatever you want to pick, the ketchup on Oreos, the hot dog and the cereal. Let's ride, Max. The man. Let's ride, let's ride Mike. The man has been cooking up some absolute bet Garbage. the under games, and I, we we can't get out of here without talking about Russell Wilson down seventy two spots, seventy two oh spots God. in the Superflex rankings in the last thirty days. He is sitting at number 101 overall, and I'm going to read you the list of quarterbacks ahead of him right now. Trey Lance has still, I mean, I jokingly say this, but it's kind of true, has never played a snap in the NFL. Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett, barely played a snap in the NFL. Mm. Derek Carr, Mike's boy, Justin Fields, let's pray for him tonight. <laughs> Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and then Russell Wilson sitting right there at QB 19. And Man. I will lead this one off a little bit, boys, because it's going to be similar to my Najee Harris argument, just on steroids. Like, yep. I have a hard time believing that without a serious injury, uh, that a quarterback who has been prolific for his entire career is just going to simply fade into the wilderness on this one like i i have a lot of russell wilson he i thought you know he was like going at that like two three turn in superflex startups this year so i might be having a little bias here but still looking good still making the money throws like still you know in the top half of the league in pass attempts i think the offense as a whole has just looked so dysfunctional like even yeah. to the basic clock management stuff that i learned in yep. madden 20 years ago the offense has looked really bad um, I am not even close to hitting the panic button on Russ, but I want to know if either of you two are. Yeah, I would say I'm not. I don't. I just don't think it's worth panicking yet, especially with the fact that we're now learning that he's playing with what, like a torn shoulder or something. I forget exactly what the injury is, but I feel like this guy just got a huge contract. Whether the Broncos like it or not, this is their future. So you better get used to yep. the Subway sandwiches and the cringe moments because <laughs> that's what you paid him millions of dollars for. So I don't know, man. I just I think that's crazy. Some of those names that you were you were um, saying are now ahead of Wilson. Um, right. I just think is Josh Rosen yeah. ahead of him now. It seems yeah. he <laughs> might as well be at this point if it's right. all those other quarterbacks are ahead. Yeah, That's I'd, insane. I would consider putting Jarrett Stidham ahead of him, but we'll see. Um, yeah, <laughs> this no. Year, baby. I, I, yeah. Personally, I think it's there's no reason to panic because what are you going to sell him for? Because if if everyone's panicking, then you're not going to get crap for him. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no one looked good in that offense, right? No. We were all bullish on Javante Williams this year, yep. right? I believe that was one of yep. Dan's bold predictions, yeah. and like. Even even Javante wasn't making things happen given the carries that he had. Like he looked fine, but he didn't look amazing. Like the whole offense has really just kind of let us down at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sutton I think the one who's not long, Sutton has looked decent. You're right. Yeah. 
the one who's not long for this is is Nate Hackett. Holy, yeah. I, I, it's funny. I saw like an interview it's on the Matt Rule like, career plan. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof, if he yeah, gets exactly, <laughs> if he gets that far, um, that's it's just wild. They're literally like, do you feel like you're head coach? It was like an interview, and he's like, nope. I, like I, I still can't believe that I'm being considered head coach. Like. You shouldn't say that as head coach. Like you should, you should even just, just, you should just I'm not, even not say anything at that here. point. Exactly. I, get, I get imposter syndrome and all that stuff, and you don't want you want to be humble. But woof, it was just like you, you're you're proving it right, buddy, with this. And again, I know I lean on on coach stuff a little bit more than than most, but it has not looked good there. And so, to the overall point, is you have plenty of historical data to know that Russell Wilson can be that guy. I think we saw this big overreaction. I think every, the, what they were basically being deemed uh, the next Rams uh, in terms of what we saw with Matty Stafford, right? All the pieces are there. You got Sutton who can be unlocked. You got Javante who, who can be unlocked. You got Jerry Judy who yes, has yet to be unlocked because it's all been QB play uh, that was holding him back. You see Russell Wilson who's been able to do that and then just... So we did this to ourselves a little bit when for anyone who was drafting recently. Anyone that's been holding has loved having Russell Wilson for a good amount of time. We're seeing it now because redraft always bleeds into Dynasty. Russell Wilson had a big uh, and high ADP going into this year because everyone's like, Sutton's going to be the next Cooper Cup. He's going to be the next Matty Stafford. They're going to Albert Akui Boonham rocket ship. Exactly. <laughs> uh, everyone, if you were attached to that offense, your ADP was two rounds higher at least than what it should have been. Uh, in a term of Albert O's, probably 10 rounds too early. Um, but so that, that's that's just kind of the moral of the story, right? We're going to have a lot of people who react on season-to-season stuff, and you need to see the forest through the trees here. Russell Wilson is a decent quarterback with all of his cheesiness and danger witches and everything else that comes along with him and who he is as a, as a, as a uh, person. But as a talent you hope that they make some changes so that you start to see the lights and it might not be anything that really hits until next year, but it'll give you some hope. And Mike, as you said, you can't, what are you selling for? You're, you're going to be selling at basement prices because they really do like a, like a basement offense right now. But I do have faith that things will turn around. I'm going to bring us out on this. This is a real trade offer I got for Russell Wilson in a super flex league the other day. And I'm pretty sure I'm like 99% sure this person listens to the show. So you know who you are, but I will not say your name. <laughs> 2023 second and Nico Collins. Oh man. You didn't tell me Dan sent the trade. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, hold on. I would be you wanting want... Nico Collins. I want, I would trade then go away. sell Russ for Nico Collins. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's obvious. Everyone can do that, man. Yep, what a time to be alive. That is uh, that is not a trade offer that I'd be wanting to uh, to see anytime soon. And so that's that's the thing. We always talk about: Are you buying or you selling? There's such thing as hold, which is you make no change, you believe in what you believed before, and you just weather out the storm. And if there was, there's, there's absolutely no better time to hold than right now for Russell Wilson, and and hope for better days. Well, as a wise man once said, Dan. Week five, parentheses, right now. Right now. <laughs> Exclamation. Calm point. down, everybody. In case you Calm down. <laughs> Getting out of here for today. This is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in. James Conner was a bad choice. Yes! Clip that. <laughs> <laughs>